27, 2020. Narrating the war our brothers and we are facing here on the coast of Brazil. So, imagine that uh, a lot of times the war occurs as something external, like a, a fight against those who betrayed me or oppressed me or um, you know, some institution, some authority, external authority. And this, you know, definitely if, if there is that conflict there, if you are being uh, disrespected, used, whatever, you do need to fight back and or at least stand up for yourself in the face of that. But that in itself is not enough to reclaim your honor, you know, to really presence a strong amount of honor in your world. If you're fighting back from a, a place of being a victim, you know, it's the inner context that matters. It's the story that you're living inside of that dictates the flow of honor in your life or the lack thereof. And so you can be lashing out and fighting against, but, uh, but still really have a total lack of honor in your life. And yeah, so, and you can see today a lot of men online are railing against feminism, against globalism, against against different isms and the people who embody those and you know, that external enemy. And for sure it's great to identify threats to yourself, your people, your self respect, your livelihood, et cetera, et cetera. But, and there can be, you can feel a great amount of honor in fighting for something and against something. But to an extent, it's, it's random. It's not guaranteed. It's as far as honor goes, you know, if, if what you're after is honor, which I would say that all men naturally ought to be because it's it's that um, ultra positive and powerful feedback to yourself that you're answering the call that you're doing what's necessary that you're standing for what's important to you and who's important to you and so it's very easy. It's much easier to face the world and face yourself, face your brothers, face the enemy when you have this almost like this shield of honor and this inner strength that is very much what it feels like this peace, like you're not divided against yourself and, and you're kind of insulated from those who would judge you 
um, or disrespect you. And it's it's very much that calm, powerful sense of, you know, I'm on the path, I'm on my path, mm. and nothing shall stand in my way. Yeah. Um, very much like a spiritual feeling. And I think what many people would call a spiritual feeling. So the, the war that, that I see that is there to face is not only whatever external battles there are, but um, oftentimes more importantly, it's the inner battle. It's the inner dynamics and it's how you fight. It's how you fight it that determines the flow of honor inside of you and, and in your life. So what's the inner war? So the, the inner war, I mean, um, examples of it are inner conflict, right? When you are divided against yourself and, and it, and it's, so often has compromise become so normalized as a way of dealing with inner conflict that many men could even say, I don't have inner conflict. I'm not conflicted. Um, you know, it's, uh, but the inner conflict diagram really illuminates this inner conflict, even if it just lasts for a split second or a few seconds or a few minutes um, and how it, if you deal with it in a way of compromise, then it drains your power, drains your honor. Um, and so yeah. what's the inner conflict? How is, how does it look when compromise comes in? And, and, the, the and, and the inner conflict is one, the, the conflict, the conflict also between your relationship to your experience of another person. See, there's your, there's your conflict with another person, and then you're, there's your conflict with your experience of another person. That's another example of inner conflict that uh, tends to lead to tremendous suffering. And... Uh, so an example of inner conflict is when it occurs to you, it may not occur this as clearly as I'm going to put it, but it, but it's as if there's two yous. For example, there's the you who yesterday committed to a new course of action. Committed, I'm, I'm not going to drink anymore or I'm going to start running every day or something like this. And you, you're really clear and you made this commitment or you, you promised you would meet someone or you, whatever it is, you spoke for yourself. And then today, when you don't feel like doing it, you're, you're divided and it's stressful because you identify with both of those. Like I, I said, I'll do it and I don't feel like it. Um, and, uh, 
it, that wouldn't necessarily be a conflict, except it's exacerbated by how um, we we tend to learn to guide ourselves the way that external authorities guided us when we were younger. So the part of you that feels like you you should do something now when you don't feel like it, that's very much like the, let's say the parent is telling you you should do something and you don't feel like it. Um, and some people, you know, they, they develop a personality type where they, they want to be the good child, the good student, the good Christian, the good everything. And the response to that should, um, generally quite obediently because they want that praise. They want that, you know, they want to be good. And then there's another personality type that's more the rebel which is like, you know, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. And uh, either one of those um, taking on either one of those as a default way of responding to the responding to inner conflict once we're adults um can lead to a compromise of our power and our own inner authority. So, for example, it might be more obvious with the rebel, right? Like, he says all these things that he's going to do and that are important to him, and then he rebels against it later, right? Obviously, self-sabotaging. Um, he says that his health is important and he's going to start going to the gym. The next day, he doesn't feel like it, and he's rebelling against that voice that's telling him he should go to the gym. He's rebelling against himself. Um, the one that's more obedient, that's like, I said I would do this and I do it. Um, I think this the, the compromise in this type oftentimes can be more that his values might not be his own because he might have just adopted his parents' values or external, you know, society's values or whatever because he wanted to be good. So he might be acting in line with those values, but the deeper conflict might be that they're not really his values. So that's this kind of it's a little bit of an example of the inner conflict. But the inner conflict diagram really makes it clear. Speak to that, Hans. Seems to compromise the one who's opinion is bigger because he's not following his own guidance. Well, no. Seems to be too conceptual that because I, I do think what what really resonates. I said I want to do this because I feel like tension between I want to do this but I, I should do this. I think that's very recognizable. 
I'll give you an example of the. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this because I I get this with a lot of guys. I would like to like when I we would be talking I would like to. It's easy for you. You can have different women. I'm married and I have children, and I would like to have a lover. But I can't because I have my wife and my children. And uh, it seemed to me in that moment, the way he describes that, and I think it's with the inner conflict and how he deals with it, that everybody loses. Mm-hmm. He would like, he is with his wife and his children, family, because he thinks that's what he should do. But he also sees, but what I would really like is, is this something different, the lover. I think it's not right or can't do it. And, uh, and everybody loses. The wife loses because he's not fully there. The whole family loses. The lover loses because he's not there. And he loses. Whereas if he would make one choice, either way, would win. That's essentially it is the the um, compromise doesn't tend to be a choice. It kind of just tends to be like a that's what it is. An it's automatic an choice. Yes. Which is a choice. It's not a powerful choice. Yes. And it's in a way it's a choice. In other words he's going down a certain path but he's not consciously saying I'm giving up this for this. Right. I'm make, it's not he's not doing it in the way of making a stand. It's not deliberate. So he doesn't have honor. And he suffers. And uh yeah. And it's, it's I, I see how it's often used the 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 tension between I want and I and I and I but I have to as an excuse not to make a choice. It's, it's used as, yeah, trying to stay comfortable, not having to choose, uh, not having to choose. What's an excuse? Uh, to sketch the, the tension between what I want and what I should do. It's used as an excuse. Like the conflict's just too big, I can't decide. No, it's it's presented as if he knows what he wants, which is the lover, but he can't have it. But the reason why he thinks he can't have it is because I, I'm not allowed to do it. So I am here with my wants, with my there's an external authority that limits for me to get what I want. Yes. And it's an excuse. Yes. Because He's not really choosing what he wants. He's not really feeling what he wants. He's not choosing one way or the other. And he's not going after it. Yes. Yeah. I say this because this I've seen this presentation to me so often and it ticks me off. Yeah. And it's ultimately a lack of uh, taking responsibility. Yeah. Making a choice. Yeah. 
if we diagram this out in the inner conflict diagram, he would choose to, he would be choosing to not have the lover to avoid whatever guilt he might face about doing that. And then to also give up on, um, to give up on that thing that he wants, he makes it okay by saying, I can't, or whatever the, whatever the verbal narration is. But then he's also, over time, he develops a position, which is what your conclusions about what's true and what's not. And it might be verbal, it might not be verbal. But in this case, it would be something like, I'm not allowed, um, I'm not powerful. Uh, I can't, the, you know, this sort of thing. So it's... Um, yeah, I think, I think saying that I'm not allowed, I'm not part of a moral system is a way to deal with the shame of realizing that you're not making decisions. Yes. And then and then if we talk about this as a martial art, like we're not taught how to make choices, how to guide ourselves, how to lead ourselves in a way that preserves and grows our honor. Um, it very much the opposite. We're, we're told how to obey. We're told how to be loyal to the external authorities. And we're, we're punished when we don't and we're rewarded when we do. And uh, we're given dogma to memorize and adopt as guidance. We're taught what we should feel about the decisions we make and so on and so on. And so all of this obedience training, which is what it is, think about a dog, right? Maybe in its natural whatever, the dog wants to run free and it wants to go pee here and it wants to chase a female there and whatever. But it's received so much training from uh, an external authority or authorities, a human that it's I mean if the training is effective it'll stop listening to all its own inner guidance and it'll just do exactly what the external authority wants that's when you have a well-trained dog a good dog you're a good dog <laughs> right? so this yeah this is a major problem for men who want to lead you know themselves powerfully to the outcome, the world that create the world, the life that they want. Um, it's a revolution that needs to happen. It's an uprising that needs to happen. It's not going to happen by just changing a little thing here or there or reading a book or something like this. It's actually, yeah, there's, major transformation that needs to take place. The fight of your life. Yes. So let's, let me give an example this morning, like give an example of, I said another kind of, you asked like, what is that inner war? And I spoke a bit to it with the inner conflict. Then there's the conflict. Let's say we have a conflict with our, let me give an example of a, a girl who has a conflict with her father. 
and she has her narration of the story. I don't know what the actual truth is, but she's not in contact with him. She refuses to contact him. And um, I've seen her weep again and again about, and tell stories of how much she loved her dad. And, but now he's not there and she won't contact him and she won't tell him that she's hurt or she or that she's angry and why and she just won't so um this this is her solution but it's very much a compromised solution because it just has her continuing to suffer and uh she may feel some measure of righteousness in it some manner of power in it that at least she can kind of punish him in a way by keeping him at a distance and not talking to him um, and maybe by feels like she's preventing more pain from happening or from him hurting her more if she opens her heart again but it's obvious to me you know she cries herself to sleep maybe most nights and um and and she won't like face him speak her truth say what she really wants and what's true also is that yeah she she loves him she needs him she she wants a relationship she would like she, she's angry that he did what he did you know all this sorts of thing um she's not in a way she is making a stand by choosing the path that she's chosen, but it's clearly a compromise in that she's suffering. So let me let me say a little bit about how I distinguish compromise. Compromise is when you you do something or you make a choice that leads to less of your values. Um, this is. It's kind of difficult to say and just to to explain in just a very short whatever, but honor tends to be about the highest value in a in a very practical sense. Because without it, you tend to be disempowered to go for all your other values. And uh it's very much like courage. In fact, honor often encourages you. Um, to act boldly for your values. But so when you make a choice that drains your honor, so she, for example, she might, she might be going for her value of vengeance, justice, peace. I don't know exactly what she would say that she's standing for. Um, but independence, something like this. But if in that stand, she's just continuing to suffer more and more, it's an obvious compromise. Because whatever value she's getting, it's it's taken away her power, her honor, her self-esteem, her, her motivation to go on in life, her happiness. I mean, it's just... So it, honor is... 
you, know, you think about like you can rank your values. Let's say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Say you got ten values and you put them in the order of what's most important to you. Um, and what I say, what's most important to you? Like a lot of people are confused. They'll say that certain things are their values, but to see what someone really values, you watch their behavior, right? Um, that seems like a contradiction. Because if the girl, if the girl acts a certain way, you would say, and you see that she's suffering, you say she's not acting according to the highest value. Yeah, I need to clarify that. I mean, there's there's also like her natural values, what her values really are. But there's it's 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 important to notice that what people say are their values are often not the things that are guiding them, the things that they're doing. It's important to notice that difference, but it's also important to notice there can be a difference between both of those and what someone's um real values are right it's it, it yeah um so as a rule of thumb um if someone makes a choice and they're suffering around it to me i just it's a compromise because it's taken away their honor and it's given them suffering. And that's such a big value to just chop off to get something else. I mean, taking away your honor can destroy all your other values, you know? So, um, compromise to me, compromise and suffering go together. If you make a choice and you're suffering around it, it's a compromise. So, um, but I like I, I played around with this, you know, asking guys about compromise. But I, what's very interesting to me is that what you said earlier, like I'm so used at compromising that we don't see it. Yes. And I almost have someone else pointed out. Yeah. Yeah, because you can change your position or your beliefs about what's important to you after enough conflict and compromise let's say for an example i use a lot is i want to be fit strong energetic in the morning and i want to be wait start the day confidently and powerfully so i'm going to start running every morning well after enough battling with that and often failing to actually keep that promise to yourself trying and starting, trying and failing. You might eventually just conclude that I'm not a morning person. I'm not a fitness buff, whatever. You, you just decide that. So now it's no longer a conflict waking up in the morning because you don't have that as a goal anymore. So the fact that you're getting fat and lazy and wasting half your, your day, it doesn't occur as a compromise. Because you've decided that that's not what you want. And it, and, it, and if you're really clear and really honest with yourself, 
you might really want it. You might realize you really want it. But you've decided because as a way of dealing with the conflict and your failure with winning that battle that you don't want it. That, that How do you know when someone really wants it? Because what you said earlier is what you really want. How you act from is not acting. How do you know? Well, it, it might be more clear to say that what he doesn't want is to keep failing in that battle. Right? He doesn't want to continually feel powerless, guilty, whatever, that he's that he's unable to do that. So and and that comes that also comes back to, to honor because he's losing his honor the more he fights that battle. He doesn't it's like he doesn't have a way to win that conflict. And so to avoid the guilt, the stress, the pain of that, um, he's giving that up and it's like let me feel less guilt you know like as if honor and guilt are on the spectrum right so so if men had a way to preserve and grow their honor it it seems it would be easier for them to understand what their values really are and to pursue them successfully. I think the, the, the percent was presented that way. Very few guys are going to resonate with that. They're going to go, what? what? Yeah, well, I'm talking more now about the insights you get from having done the inner conflict. You, you got to start with the inner conflict. You got to map it out because it's a, um, it, it, for example, let's say your government really has nefarious motives and they are making you their slave intentionally and they're telling you what to believe so that you don't feel bad about being a slave. If you go to someone who's been a good obedient uh, to their uh, citizens of the government all their life and you tell them they're a slave and you tell them this and that whatever your kind of your conclusions from having really looked at what's going on yeah they're not going to really resonate with that they think their government's good they're good uh, a good citizen etc cetera, etc cetera. you actually have to show them what's really going on for them to resonate with it so that i mean the inner conflict is a tool to to do that That's why I was hesitant to just, and I don't like to do this in my work and my events. I don't like to give people my conclusions about what's going on or what should be or anything like this. I rather want them to have experience so that they learn from their experience. Well, the experience guys have is that in the that is very real. I want this, but I want this. How do I resolve it? This woman, I got this obligation. I'd like to go travel, but I I gotta make money. Yes. Uh, that's very real and constant for guys. Yes. I would say. So there's the you know I want to make money, but I want to travel. So that occurs like an external conflict. Then they have 
they might see different possible solutions. But the inner thing about that is like their relationship to this conflict. Their relationship to this conflict is what's going to affect their honor, not how they, not right. what choice they make. It's not about whether they travel or whether they stay in work. It's their way of engaging with the conflict itself. And the same thing is true of the conflict with another person. So this girl, this girl who had a conflict with her dad, she doesn't need to resolve the conflict with her dad in one way or another to gain honor and to eliminate the suffering. It's, it's not a matter of the external relationship with him as much as it's about her relationship with her experience of her father inside of herself. And, uh, and this is what she avoids facing. And That's a good insight. We need to bring it in, in coaching terms also. The conflict is not between two choices you're making or to what you want and what, what's possible. It's your relationship to the conflict, the way, the way you approach it, the way you deal with it, the way you let into it. It's completely inside of you. Yes. That's interesting. That would be a way to say that to guys too. It's not what you want versus what you think you should. It's an inner conflict that you're having inside of you. You have you don't deal with it. In fact, the the reason that you 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 by putting it out there, I want this and I but I have to do this, is for you a way not to have to deal with it. With that inner conflict. It's an inner conflict. There's some really powerful uh, tools as well for dealing with external conflicts that seem unsolvable. There's really powerful tools that most guys also don't have access to. Um, But that's in a different realm from from honor, from the question of honor. And and Dr. Ellie Goldratt, for one, is uh, he has tools that are just brilliant um but also involve logical diagrams and this sort of a thing and he was an influence for helping me diagram these inner conflicts right the 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 inner war so to speak i gotta read that book it's not luck yes what is it then he has several books, but uh, <laughs> title it's not luck. So, Hans, on your coaching call yesterday with that guy, when you're engaging to the extent that you engage with him and you're in conflict with him, it's in a way because you're saying he's in conflict with you. Right, and the, and when you see it as okay, he is reacting to his experience of me. This is all going on inside of him in a way, right? And when if you realize if you define the problem that way, he's react he's not reacting to you. He's reacting to 
his internal experience of you. For example, maybe you reminded of his father. Maybe he heard it in a way to where he feels shame, and that's what he's reacting to. Ah, it's a whole other level of uh, power to guide the coaching interaction because, you know, and, and then you can also see the value of generating a context of honor, right? So his experience of you is going to be completely different if what he feels from you is, is honor. So. I have the way you talk about it. I have less of like a, a very practical um, connection with you know more that's going on for guys. Yes, and helping them fight for that. Yes, I. It's it's good that you keep bringing that up. It's like what there is to do is just. Let's draw some diagrams, you know, between honor window and her conflict diagram. Like, that gives an example. Okay, what's going on is this. It's the conflict. This is what you're thinking about, right? Yes. This is what you're thinking about. Okay, this is what's going on. Yeah, it's, you know, on the initial consultations I would do for people with the relationship conflict is after they've told me what the problem is and what the what the dream is, what they would like as an outcome, and they tell me the ways they've been approaching it, then we can see how the ways they've been approaching it is having it not it having it not work. And uh that's when I reframe what the problem is. You know you think this is about resolving this conflict with this other person, right? And so you're trying to change them or change your behavior, manipulate the outcome, get what you want. Um, but the core problem they come to see is the judgment walls. And that's a matter of how you're relating to your experience of them. The same thing is... The, the the inner conflict points to the, the inner conflict diagram points to the same thing. You think it's about like what do I do to make it so I can get up and run in the morning? In a way that in a way that is important, you know, to have a way to resolve what you really want to do with the running or with this person you're in conflict with. I think that's an important part that you didn't mention yesterday. To reframe the problem. To not only explain to them that their understanding of the problem is making things worse or it's not working, but also reframe it. Reframe the problem. Yes. It's in the reframing that you can see the light and you can give immediate advice. Yeah, 
because basically if you if you talk about the conflict with someone else their definition of the problem is going to be he's to this he does that he's like this it's all their judgments right and and if that's the problem then he needs to change he whatever and then i need to maybe try to change or i need to leave or i i need to tell him what to do or etc cetera, etc cetera. And, and this is actually what's making things worse this is where i i i use the is not you it's the system that's a yes. great reframe yes yeah and the, and i tell them on that call that this is just the way that we've learned to deal with conflict for our very survival. And when we've had conflicts with external authority growing up. Yeah, I think you 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 brought up so much of it already. It's like years of working at it. That when you talk about it, it's it seems very far away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Conceptual. Yes. When when I've seen it work, it's it's the opposite. Right. That's a that's a issue if you want if you want to present it. Yes. Like, what I what I usually do is I I usually present the, for example, the honor window. Even then, you say that well. Right, and that's also not what I, you know, yeah. Just dragging it back if we're narrating the war. Right. Well, but we can't keep bringing it back to that. We can keep saying it is that and keep showing and keep, you know. Not like they, you know, it's not like they need to agree with everything or see everything like we see it or whatever, but, but you know, we, we can also yeah it's uh it's an invisible enemy so to speak because you're dealing with what's inside of you it's not that person out there I like that it's, very much Not reacting to the situation, reacting to this, your experience of the situation. Yes. So it's all inner. Yes. It's great. And your experience of it is guiding you. 
and your experience of it, the way that you see it is given by what you've learned from parents or society or just your own trial and error. And And by putting it out there, you, you ignore looking inside. You ignore dealing with it. Think it's that person who's doing wrong when actually there's the inner conflict and it's your experience of what that person is doing. Here's the conflict. Yes. Here's also if instead of having to solve, change that person, you can you can solve it by yourself. Yes. It's powerful. It's powerful when you realize which often go together, right? Can you face that fear and own responsibility? What's available is power. If I if I can be the one to resolve this independent of the other person's choice. Wow. You know. Uh, it's a path to power. Always yes, bring it back to yourself. And I did the honor thing. That's just the main insight for me. It's a relief for yourself. It's like unburdening yourself. That when you realize that you don't depend on the other person or the external conflict outcome, success, the success of a certain situation, to have your sense of self-esteem, confidence, clarity, feel good, then uh, it gives you, puts all the power in your hands. And yeah, it's a relief from the stress of trying to deal with a problem with an external thing you don't seem to be able to solve. You don't have control. Paradoxically, it gives you more power over the external situation when you have your honor. When you take the power back. Well, yeah. That external thing becomes inconsequential. And you become more powerful to face that when you have your honor. Yes. These are our words. <laughs>